This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 630 Chad. Connor McDavid. Looking for his first career shootout goal. In over the line. A lot of speed. Rich shot score. Top right corner. He beat Bishop Love side. And he's got it to give Edmonton the lead in the shootout. And now Cam Talbot needs one more save. Boyle is a left-handed shot. 20% for his career. Walks in. Shoots. Denied. Cam Talbot's got the save. And Edmonton's got the win. Score in a shootout. The Oilers three, the Lightning two, McDavid the winner in the skills. Another tense one for the Edmonton Oilers. This one goes their way. They knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning three two in a shootout. Connor McDavid the game deciding goal, and then Cam Talbot the save of the game for Armor Insurance. Protect your car home and business with armor at armorinsurance.ca. The Oilers go 2-1 and one on their three-game homestand. They are 16-12-5 on the season. Thanks for tuning in. It's 11-15. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We want to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, Rob, we're getting used to these close games. Eight of the Oilers' last 24 games have been tied after 60 minutes. They're 3-5 and five in those games. Uh, obviously, uh, two of them... Uh, Four of them decided in overtime, four in a shootout. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they're they're playing close games today. That they, they, they find a way to, to get the win. And um, to me, maybe you can kind of divide it like almost like the Columbus game. Oilers probably the better team first half. Maybe you give the edge to Tampa the second half. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that we all expected that the Tampa Bay Lightning would start to feel fatigue as the game went on it wasn't any, the case but when we talked about the beginning of the game if if you are a tired team and the game is close you all of a sudden are energized and you don't feel as tired and as long as the game stayed close they just kept getting better and better and if it wasn't for a, a post or crossbar in overtime they might have got an extra point they might have been leaving here a little happier than the oilers i think what we're seeing with the oilers the oilers are not a good enough hockey club to dominate games but they are a good enough hockey club that they are in every game. And I think that is a huge step up from where they were in the past. They, we would see in the past where there'd be games that they just weren't competitive enough, and halfway through the game you knew that it wasn't going the Oilers' way. I, outside of one, possibly two games in the first 30-some games this year, the Oilers could have won every game. They could have been on the wrong side of every game. They're there. And they, if you look at teams around the league, the LA Kings are a team like that. For, for all the years when they're when Quick is healthy, they're in every game. They don't blow anybody out, but they're in every game. And the one advantage that the Oilers have over an L.A. King team is they've got a game-breaker in a Connor McDavid. 
The LA Kings, they score by committee. The, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have a, uh, a guy that the other team has to change their entire defensive plan because, and we're also seeing the emergence uh, of Leon Dreisaitl is not just a, a good hockey player, but a very, very good hockey player, as he was, I thought, the best player on the ice tonight. Yeah, first star of the game for sure. Another night as a force for Leon Dreisaitl. Before we get to the phones, Rob, Todd McClellan talked over these off days about game management and knowing when it's the right time to chip a puck out, making sure you're on the defensive side of a scrum rather than the offensive side, winning tough battles, uh, you know, things that aren't very glamorous. And I'm wondering the pinch by Russell that led to the Tampa goal that led it to two-on-one, was that a bad call with game management? <sighs> yes and no. Um, he took his man. Uh, I'm not sure if he read the situation well enough to see if the high man had his. I, I mean, the, the, the video, watching it live, you're like, okay, you see the two-on-one, then you want to see the overhead to see if he should have pinched or not. They never gave us a good enough video, or I didn't see it. Um, as a defenseman there, you've got to, your first job is take the puck or the man. He did that. But you also got to be cognizant, cognizant of where the high man is. Is it going to turn into a two-on-one coming back? I mean, it's a great two-on-one by the Tampa Bay Lightning. A wonderful play. But if he did not have a third-man high, he cannot pinch right there. The others, though, on the other, they, they were, they're much better at game management. They're not making the, the colossal big mistakes that we've seen in the past. They're, they're playing fairly close to the vest. They're getting their opportunities. They're taking advantage of power plays at the right time. And they're continuing to get points. In, it turned into a skill contest, and we've seen the fans, and we get the phone calls when everyone's <laughs> mad when they lose a skill contest and how it was a terrible night they lost. I mean, tonight they won a skill contest, and everybody's happy. But the, over the 65 minutes, it was the same. They're playing uh, very good hockey that allows them to get that point, and then eventually... Sometimes they get the second one, sometimes they don't. But they're in every game, and I think that's a huge step forward. That's what playoff clubs do. Playoff clubs get points. They eke out points, and at the end of the season, they have just enough of them to get to play a little bit extra. Oilers power play two for six tonight. The final power play was only 10 seconds. It was right at the end of overtime, so that was obviously big tonight. The Lightning were one for four with the man advantage. The Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. 780-496-0063. Jordan is standing by. Jordan, thank you so much for calling. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, I listened to the game. I didn't see it, um, but like in terms of taking the next steps, I feel like with the depletions in the roster, the key injuries that uh, Tampa had, and they are a good team. Like, I mean, they're recently in the cup finals or the conference finals and stuff, but I feel like this is a, a game that shouldn't have gotten to extra time. In fact, like, we probably should have lost it with some of those posts and stuff. So we're going to take that next step as a team. Like, just taking news as an example, like, to get him back to being a productive offensive player, is he not getting enough time with dry sidle on his right wing or, or what? What can McClellan do at this point to try and uh, turn him back into the player that he was uh, production-wise? Okay, a few things you asked there. The first was, should this have been a game that the Oilers not had to go to extra time? Yes. The Tampa Bay Lightning are missing possibly their three of their top four forwards, three of their top five forwards for sure, including their two best. Uh, they were tired playing three and four. The Oilers should have taken better advantage of that. Absolutely. Um, but they did take a step forward because they did get the victory. And in the past, if they didn't have their A game or if they were pushed, sometimes it went sideways and it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. So, yeah, it, you would have expected maybe that this would have been decided 
in the first half of the game, but they allowed the Tampa Bay Lightning to stick around long enough to have belief. As far as Nuge, what you're going to do with him, I mean, Todd McClellan's tried a whole bunch of stuff with him. He, I mean, he, he's he's played him with dry saddle. He's played him without dry saddle. He's put him in second power play time. He's he's getting the ice time he wants. He's put him out as a guy that plays against the other team's top line. He's put him out in situations where he needs to be a scorer. I don't think this is on the coaching staff. I think this is on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's got to become the player that he believes he is and the player that the coaching staff believes he is, but it's on him to become that. So is it psychological with McDavid coming in and now he's no longer like the bona fide number one guy going forward? Or? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think there's certain players. I think when a guy, when Alish Hemsky was here, I think when all of a sudden Taylor Hall and those players came in, I think it affected Alish Hemsky more so than Connor McDavid coming in affects a Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Alish Hemsky was the guy, wanted to be the guy, and his body language showed you when he wasn't putting the situations that he always was put in, he was not happy. I don't see that in the body language of RNH. I just see RNH right now, when he was getting, in his best years, he only had what, 50 points, Reed? Is that his best year, somewhere around that? 52. 52 points. So when he was a first line center, getting all the ice time, all the gravy That time. was in 62 games. Okay, so he was a 52 point guy maybe would have had 60 that year. Well, now he's a second-line guy. Maybe his his ceiling is 40 points. Maybe that's what you're getting out of him. I don't know, but Sorry, it's up. It, i got to correct myself. That was his best points per game season. He had 56 twice yeah. where he played 80 and 76. And that's as a so first he's line, in that range. And yes. that's a first-line center. A first-line center getting 56 points, that's not a great season. 780-496-0063. The Oilers do win it 3-2 in a shootout over the Tampa Bay Lightning, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. No, we'll dissect it. We'll, um, like any other game, we're going to review it. We'll look at things we did well, things we need to improve on. And um, I thought we had some real good early jump, uh, but not some real good polish. The passing and the uh, the receiving part of it thought would be a little... Uh, a little cleaner than it was tonight, and I didn't think we came out of our end real well. So there's some areas that we have to improve on, but um, it's a win. Uh, it's a comeback win. Um, and uh, we've been on the other end of those lately, so it's nice to come back and tie one up in the third period and then uh, win in the shootout instead of being on the other end of it. Your reasoning on Connor in the shootout, because he says he doesn't like those. I'm sorry? Your reasoning for using Connor in the shootout. Because he's, I mean, he's not that he's not your best player, but he doesn't like those sort of situations. Those I don't know. He didn't, he didn't tell me he didn't like, like uh, he must be sharing something with you. First one, his first shootout goal he's ever scored. Really? Well, many, uh, many more to come, I hope. Um, just a hunch sometimes. And, uh, you know, we had uh, a righty go earlier, and then we tried with, uh, with a couple lefties to mix it up. And uh, Leon has a tendency to come in a little bit slower. Connor comes in fast, so there's a there's a uh, a change in pace as well. So uh, a hunch. A lot of times, that's all it is on the bench is a hunch. So if that's a hunch. Using Connor 24, 55, or whatever the number was, was no doubt a game plan. Uh, well, I, no, it wasn't. We didn't plan. Uh, you know, we didn't sit there and say we're going to play him 24 minutes. Uh, but we didn't plan on going to overtime, and uh, we planned on having a uh, more of a lead and not having to come from behind. Uh, 
Um, so sometimes plans don't go the way they're uh, they're supposed to, and and he gets a little more ice time. But he was rested, and I thought he he looked fresher tonight than he did uh, obviously the past few games. How important has Drysaddle become to this team? Considering you mentioned McDavid played a lot tonight, didn't get any points, but Drysaddle was there oh, to he's, pick it up. He's so important to our team right now. Um, we still have some key people that are struggling to get on the scoreboard night in and night out, and Leon's been maybe even more so than Connor, the, the guy that's been able to step up and, uh, and fill that void. Um, you know, lately it's been him and Tess that have been the guys that have been creating and finishing, so uh, he's become uh, an essential part of this team uh, in a really short period. What's behind that, Todd? I mean, he's been hot lately, seven, seven goals in nine games here. What's behind that? It's his time. Um, he's found a good spot on the power play. A lot of his success is coming there. Um, confidence level is high. Um, I, I think he's a utility guy too. You saw him start the night in the middle and finish on the wing, and he's comfortable in both spots. So he gets to uh, to show different looks to the other team, and <clears throat> right now it's working for him. You got your fourth line on the ice quite a bit tonight. You like what you saw? Well, I think they were our third line. Okay, I think they quite good. Yeah, I thought they were our third line. So. Um, you know, it just goes to show I don't think you can give numbers to lines every night and, and consistently stay that way. They gave us a good game. And, uh, what happens to chances to score? Many, chan many chances. So, yeah, you know, I was happy for him because he, he had a good game all over the place. And, and um, chances to score didn't quite go in for him, but they created momentum for our team. Well, that was a slash of oil before they scored the goal. Well... I have a tough enough time coaching, but I know if I was refing, I probably would have called it. What happened with uh, Benny? Was it the concussion spotter that took him out there? Yep. Thanks. All right, the Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, third Oiler this season to be removed by the concussion spotter. Matthew Benning missed the last 14 minutes, actually almost 15 minutes of the second period after he got high-sticked by uh, Alex Kalorn after Benning's helmet had come off, and uh, Todd McClellan... Uh, I like that comment about the refereeing. That's a, that's a mm -hmm. cool, cool way to do it. Well, I have enough work coaching, but if I were the ref, I wouldn't have called. Good way of getting or around a fine right there, isn't it? The Oilers, by the way, have scored 12 power play goals in the month of December. That's in nine games, and that's since Mark Letestu got put on the first power play unit. Our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Now, not all those goals by the first unit, Rob, but what a great play he and Dreisaitl combined on today. Yeah, it, it was, well, it starts, first of all, with a... A face-off win by Leon Dreisaitl, who's getting so much better in the face-off circle. And, and the Oilers now are starting the power play with the puck on their stick. That's your first big step. The Letesta gets into a spot up high where he is shown in the past, and the Tampa is going to watch video, and they're going to say, well, he, he can shoot from there. We've seen him take a slap shot from there. So you got to respect the shot so you're getting in the shooting lane. If he's in the shooting lane, the defender, that allows the passing lane to Dreisaitl open up. He throws a hard pass at Dreisaitl. Now here's where the great play comes in. That is a tough deflection. It was a nice play by Letestu getting it to the right spot. It's a great play by Leon Dreisaitl deflecting that. As you see in the replay, Bishop has no chance at all. He's sliding across to where the puck's supposed to go. Dreisaitl hits it back going the other way. We, we for years, watched the Sedins in Vancouver do that play. And no one really emulated it. 
like every once in a while you see it, but they did it all the time. The Oilers have seemed to have found it in their power play, and is it an effective tool because it is a high tip that the goaltender has absolutely no chance of stopping. So a great play, and we it's just another look that the Oilers have put on that power play unit that has started to spark a success there. Dreisaitl, a goal and an assist tonight. He has 14 goals on the season. He's the first star. Victor Hedman, the second star. Andre Sekra playing his 600th career game tonight. He gets two assists for the Oilers. Rob and I will give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Am I, am, I, am I getting just uh, predictable here by giving it to the winning goaltender, Cam Talbot, again? Well, t to me, two, two players stood out. I think Cam Talbot, who made one more save than, than Bishop. I thought both goaltenders were excellent tonight. Mm -hmm. But the Edmonton Oilers goaltender made one more save, and the other player that uh, deserves mention is, is Letestu. He, he, he sets up the power play goal uh, that dry settle scores that ties the game up in the third period, and then he goes and leads off the shootout with a goal. So talked about, or Todd McClellan talked about Leon Dreisaitl being a utility player. Well, I think the, the biggest utility player that the Oilers have on their team is their fourth-line center in, in Mark Letestu. Who's now 14 for 31 in shootouts for his career, 45%, including 3 for 4 this year. The only thing that stopped him? was the goalpost in Minnesota. Though I know, Rob, that's just a sexy way to say it was going wide. No, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It, it's neat. And when people always call in and they – and you well, first of all, you and I, when a shootout starts, we're always predicting who's going to shoot for both teams. Yeah. I'm shocked, first of all, Tampa Bay sends Boyle. They got Philpula on the bench. They've got – who was the other one I was shocked that didn't shoot tonight was – oh, Tyler Johnson. They got guys that are, are very highly skilled, and they send Boyle out, who's only at 20%. But anyways, okay. well, you and I always predict who's going to go for either team. And we're more or less predicting on who the – all right, he's this guy's a really good player. He should be in the shootout. That guy's really skilled. He gets lots of breakaways. Then you hear Todd McClellan talk about the fact, well, you know, we, we, we send a couple righties and a lefty or a couple lefties in a race. So yeah. You want to mix the goalie up that way. Well, this guy comes in fast, slow. Then we're going to send the next guy that comes in fast. So more thought goes into these things. And, all right, let's see, who's your best player? Let's send him then. And if he doesn't <laughs> score, we'll send our next best player. So there's that much. And at the end of the night, as Todd said, it's just a gut feeling. You just hope that your gut's better than the other coach has got. And tonight, the Oilers were. 780-496-0063. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket, what's up? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. I just wanted to comment on uh, a couple of things. The McDavid breakaway was all world. Like, it was so ridiculous. I can't even believe how the, he backed that goaltender into the back of the net. It was practically, it was just sick. And and thanks for very much for uh, for mentioning uh, Latestu because that you're you're absolutely right there, Brownie. He he was he was like just as effective as Drysaddle. The two of them were dynamic tonight. And this is a this is a big two points. I mean, this is this is massive considering you know where they were going the last couple of games, and again they bounced back and. This is a team that just continually bounces back and, and stays in the hunt. And uh, Merry Christmas, Edmonton. We're in a playoff spot, which is something that, you know, we haven't been able to say in the last 10 years. So there you go. Yeah, good point, Rocket. Thanks for calling. 33 games into the season, the Oilers are third in the Pacific Division. Uh, tied in points with Anaheim, but Anaheim has the tiebreaker, so the Oilers are third. I think what you want to look at, though, is where the Oilers are compared to the teams who are 
the first couple of teams out of the playoffs. Well, they're five points up on Dallas, and there's no games in hand situation there. They've played the same number of games as Dallas. Dallas is the best non-playoff team right now. They're six points up on Nashville. Nashville has three games in hand, so that's about even if Nashville were to win those games. So, so yeah, that's important for sure. You know, the record in December, Rob, for the Oilers is 4-2-3. and three in nine games. So do you look at that and say they've won fewer than half their games? Or do you look at that and say they only didn't get a point twice? Well, to me, I look at it, they got points in seven of nine games. Uh, ties used to be good. I mean, if, if you tied a hockey game back before they had shootouts and overtime, it was, you know, it was a good night. We got a point out of it. That's all we wanted to do. And then we'll just get better next game. But now everyone, because there's always a winner loser at the end of the night, you start thinking, oh, they lost the shootout. All you think is the loss. But you keep forgetting it's a point. And you just keep adding to your total. The night that you lost the goal or lost the game in a shootout, the LA Kings lost it in regulation. Well, you actually moved up on them. You both lost the game, but you moved up in the standings on them. So uh, it's important this team stays in the hunt every game. They do that. They give themselves a chance to win. And the more times you give yourself a chance to win, the more times you're going to win hockey games. So uh, there was good and bad tonight's game, but at the end of the night, they got two points and a very important two points. Quickly, let's go down to the Tampa Bay dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's goaltender Ben Bishop. How do you feel about this one? Overall, I mean, obviously you want the win, but at this point you guys just need points, right? Yeah, no, obviously, you know, to get get a point's better than nothing. Um, you know, I thought we played well. Um, penalty kill, you know, you know we got to stop. Up. we got to step up as players. Um, enough's enough here. Um, you know, we got to have a better more passion here to kill these penalties because it's starting to get almost embarrassing you know the coaches are giving us you know the right structure to do it's about us going out there and do it and, and you know it comes upon us you know starts in you know with the goalies um, but you know this is we got to change something here because you know it's on us the players the coaches are giving us the right things and it, it, it's starting to get a little ridiculous somewhere you can't even use the injuries as an excuse i mean even though you have cal Callahan out and a lot of some key guys doesn't matter who's in the lineup um it doesn't matter if you have a full lineup or whatever you still got to find ways to kill a penalty and you know like I said, the coaches are giving us the right the right things to do. We're just not going out there and executing. So, um, you know, we really got to, you know, kind of have a little intervention here in the PK and, you know, figure it out. Did you even see that one by Dreisaitl? No, I didn't see it. What are you anticipating on the shootout with Connor McDavid coming down? Um, yeah, I just I knew he was going to stick in a lot, and um, you know I thought I had it. He kind of put it right between uh, you know my shoulder and glove there, um, but I just kind of trying to be patient and didn't need to really go down. I thought I kind of had it, and obviously put it in a good spot. A little bit of a strange game in the sense that a tired team comes in. You guys got stronger as the game went along. Yeah, I think so. I think you know obviously these points are big for us right now. So um, we we talked about in between periods. We wanted to have a good period there, and obviously at the end of a road trip like this, you know. Obviously, we're flying home tomorrow and have a day, like, kind of day off. So we kind of gave it everything we had there. And obviously, they had, I think they had three days off. So I thought the guys did a good job of, you know, you know I thought it was one of our better games. We played well. Um, maybe deserved a little better, but just got to find a way to, you know, kill us penalties. Is Joe looking like he did in the playoffs last year? Is Joanne looking like the way he's going? Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of confidence. Um, he's a good player. Um, you know, I don't... We expect I, you know, I think we expect him to play like this. I don't think it should be a surprise by any means. There you go, Reed. Scott Johnson working the Lightning room. That's goaltender Ben Bishop, obviously unhappy with the penalty killing. The Lightning have allowed eight power play goals against in the last four games. Three, two, one, and then two again tonight. And as you could predict, they're, they've only won one of those games. Special teams, always big. Well, wasn't it last night in Vancouver, it was a power play goal in the third They'll period that sunk them as well. winning it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, back-to-back -back games, they've got 
you know, the game at hand or, or at least going to get points out of them. And all of a sudden, power play, they don't they don't kill off the penalty. And the end of the night, you're, you're disappointed. And it, when he says, he says about the fact that they're missing some players in the lineup. Well, they're not the penalty killers that are out of the lineup right now. Yeah, good point. It's, it's, their, it's their power play guys. So the penalty killers just aren't getting it done. And we've seen that here in the past. When you're penalty killing or your specialty teams are not winning the games, you're not winning games. 780-496-0063. By the way, a $75 donation tonight to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That comes from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season scored by the Oilers. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. We'll go to the phone lines here, and we have Jason on the line. Jason, thanks so much for calling. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. You're with a couple of brothers here in Lacombe, Alberta, Jason and Jamie. Hello. So we're just going to both make a couple points and then uh, let you guys have her there. Okay. Yeah, so I guess my first point is like just the eye test on McDavid. I've noticed that uh, we, we both noticed that he, he's lacking some confidence or some jump. Uh, we're not sure if he's being overplayed or if he's just going through like a mental slump. Or, but definitely seems to like just not have the, the, the jump and the confidence to go around guys. Battles, the tenacity is not there. Just definitely notice it just from watching them. And uh, the other thing I have to say is about uh, Mark Wittestu. And I just, I just want to give hats off to the power play coach there. What's his name? Uh, just for for making a switch with Woodcroft with uh, making a switch with Everly. I think that's such a smart move because, I mean, without that power play, if you look over this stretch. We would be dead in the water right now in the standings. So, way to go, coaching staff. Here, my brother's going to make a few points too. Okay, we got about a minute for him if he can. Uh, okay, I'll be quick. Up. Thank you. Yeah, for me to, to sum up the game, like Rob said, they weathered a storm tonight. They were in the battle, and we could have easily got buried there in the third. And they were coming at us hard, but you know, one criticism just in the last, like you know, five or six games with the poor play and I don't want to say I'm I'm ragging on the team here because I think the team's doing great but uh, just continuity in forward lines like they have to in my opinion they have to keep keep some lines together to get some chemistry going and I, I don't agree with the, the Pouliot and Pugliarvi being out of this this game it, I mean I'm kind of splitting hairs here but I'll just uh, yeah that's about it Okay. Yeah, like, what do, you, what do you guys think about Pouliot and Pouliot? Like, why would you play an HL forward and uh, who are, and this, who else did they have on there? Instead well, they brought place? up Beck and they put Hendricks back in. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll we'll address that for sure. I, I mean, I think they're. Re I think it's two things with Beck. They're rewarding him for getting points in the AHL and contributing to the Condors, and you know, I I think they're. And by they, I mean the coaching staff, is that they're not sure that they're going to get uh, a really good game from Pouliot every night. And he has a, he's a player who's been inconsistent throughout his career. Yeah, and they need more out of him. Uh, I mean, you, you look at Nugent Hopkins and his struggles, but I mean, he's played a lot of the season with Pouliot, and Pouliot has, had, has struggled this year. They need him to be consistent. They, he's a veteran. He's been around. They need him to play with a veteran presence. And if he isn't, then they feel they're going to get more juice out of a young kid coming up. It, to me, it's it's a reward for, for Beck, but it's also, uh, you know, a wake-up call for, for Pouliot. And he, he, 
as far as the the continuity of of lines i think the reason that there hasn't been is i don't think outside of maybe five players up front the majority of the players have been inconsistent this year and it's been tough for todd to say okay i'm sticking with this for five six seven eight nine games when three of four or or, or three of five those lines or those players weren't playing up to their potential and that's why the line changes happen Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout over the Lightning. Mike is up next on the phones. We're also looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl. You're going to hear from Jordan Eberle, from Jonathan Druin. As we roll along, it's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, the Oilers win 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Thanks for joining us tonight, 780-496-0063. I don't know why they don't have your name in the little splitter coming back. You played, I looked it up, Rob. You played five, people probably don't know this. Rob Brown, 543 games in the NHL, 709 goals. 709 goals? Well, that's pretty good. Well, I rounded up to the nearest 709. That's why I'm still working now, because my agent wasn't very good when I had that 106-goal season. Didn't get me what I expected. Boy, in uh, Rob's era, we would have been turning on the Japanese Village goal light almost oh, yes. every game. Not tonight. Well, they would have made Even it in losses, you would have been turning on the Japanese. <laughs> well, we did do it once this year. We did. They that is true. 6-5 to Philly. Uh, well, the Oilers score five or more in a game. We turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. There's one downtown right close to Rogers Place, also south side and north side. All right, we have Mike on the phone line. Then we're going to go down to uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Mike first. Hi, Mike. Hi. Hello. Hey, Reed. How's it going? Good. Good. So, first off, don't be so hard on Rob. He's a little there. John Scott had 11 points in his career, so it was more than a point per year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, actually, I was going to make a point on Connor McDavid. He went in there at one time in the Zoom. And he had a wide open net to shoot at with just the goaltender, and he passed the puck off in the middle of the in the slot there. Yeah. So Connor, Connor, he he needs to become a little more selfish. I think that's something that the coaches talk to him about a lot. They'll show him video. They'll show him where he has opportunities to put the puck on net. He's just he's an unselfish hockey player, and it's hard to beat that out of someone. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate you calling. Let's go down and hear from tonight's first star for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Well, Leon, that's a pretty big power play goal there at a time when your team really needed it there in the third. Uh, yeah, obviously. Um, you know, I think in this league, every every goal is huge. And <laughs> sorry, um, it was a great play by uh, by Test. Um, uh, to read that that I'm that I'm that I have a little bit of time there and um, you know I just um, helped my stick there and uh, fortunately went in. How, how much more difficult of a play is that to make on the backhand as opposed to the forehand that you've done a couple times? Yeah, it's it's a little harder on the backhand for sure, but um, 
you know, it's more about the shooter putting it in the right spot, and uh, he put it in the perfect spot. All I had to do is move my t <coughs> move my stick two centimeters, and uh, it was a good play. Overall, what do you think your team play after having the three days off to kind of re-energize a little bit? Yeah, I think you said it right. I think we, we had a lot of energy. I think we, we played a pretty solid game. Obviously, uh, we had a few mistakes there, but... Um, other than that, I think we, we, we played a really solid 60-minute uh, game. You guys got off to a really good start, but you didn't have really anything to show for in the first period. Was there a level of obviously not frustration that set in? How do you guys deal with something like that? Yeah, um, you know, that's something we're, we're learning right now. Um, you know, even if we don't score in the first period, but we, but we play well, um, you know, we, we can't get off our, our, off our game. We have to make sure we keep playing and um, we can't get frustrated. Uh, I think that's that's the worst, worst thing about it. So, um, like I said, just just stay focused and uh, keep playing our game. Read that, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Thanks a lot. Brendan Dreisaitl tonight, a goal and an assist. You know, he has, what, 14 and 14 now in the season, 14 goals, 14 assists, 28 points in 33 games, and he looks dangerous pretty much every night. Just want to quickly run through your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. Besides the Oilers' 3-2 shootout win over the Lightning, the Stars and the Flyers' 10-game winning streak, 3-1 the final there. The Wild knock off the Coyotes 4-1. Maple Leafs beat the Penguins 2-1 in overtime. Senators over the Devils 3-1. The Red Wings outscore the Ducks tonight 6-4. Tatar had a hat trick. The Canadians over the Capitals 2-1 in a shootout. The Hurricanes beat the Sabres 2-1. Well, you were watching that shootout. That Sebastian Ajo got a nice goal. One unbelievable move on the goaltender. The goaltender sliding out one side of the net, and he's going the other side to put the puck into an empty net. St. Louis is the Oilers' opponent on Monday. They lose on home ice tonight, 6-4 to Chicago. You Hitch. don't like that if That's you're great. a team, because Hitch is not going to be happy in St. Louis. They're going to come out fighting mad on Monday. A good test for the Edmontons. Those games are a little more exciting now that the Oilers have evened out the playing field by getting bigger and stronger. The Rangers over the Predators, 2-1. That one was in a shootout. Okay, we have Alex on the line. He's also going to finish the play and try to qualify for the grand prize draw of $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire experience integrity. But first, Alex, what's your thought on the game tonight? Oh, my thought was uh, I didn't smash my uh, remote control against the wall because they managed to win this game. I, I was getting pretty nervous, you know, and... Uh, you know, they played last night, and Everton had three days off, and I thought they were just going to kill this team tonight. But for whatever reason, uh, Tampa Bay had more in the gas tank than I thought they would. And, uh, you know, I'm still I'm disappointed in Everly again. You know, he had two shot attempts in the first period. He missed the net. And, you know, I, I did watch Hockey Night in Canada, and even the panel there made comments about, you know, he's making $6 million, and he's not even close to what he's been uh, performing in the last year. So I, that's still confusing to me. But I also just want to talk about expectations. I thought this team would have had about 45 points by now. You know, they've, they've dropped a lot of points the last couple of minutes against Pittsburgh and New York and then uh, the, the gaffe against Philadelphia a few uh, nights back and then the Minnesota 2-1s and the Arizona BS there. And But then I start, think, but then I start thinking about how far this team has come in such in one year. This team has been terrible for like a long time. And for them to still try to figure this thing out and you still got like what do you got five, six new bodies this year? I mean uh I, I just I'm sure glad they won this game tonight though, because if they didn't, 
And you start looking at the standings again, and you start going, oh, no, what's their confidence going to be like going on this three-game road trip? So I'm looking at it half full right now. I sure want to see everybody get it together, though. Thanks, Alex. Just for, for context, there, there are three teams in the NHL that have 45 points or more. So uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh and the Rangers have 45. Chicago has 46. I mean, I, I think that gets back to your to your point, Rob. I, I mean, there's there's been a lot of close games, and, and I'm, we're not we're not sitting here saying, well, it's okay to lose close games, but sometimes you. I mean, look at the the, the game against the Minnesota Wild. They lost three two in a six round shootout. They, you know, had a, were, it was a busy stretch of games. They tied it with a power play goal in the third period. And if they would have won that game in a shootout, like you referenced earlier, it would have been, what a gutsy game. Oh, they pulled it out. And now we're getting those kind of calls to tonight because they tied it with a power play goal in the third period and, and got the wing. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the mix. And, and I gave the point differential between the Oilers and the first two, the first, the best two non-playoff mm-hmm. teams. And it's it's decent. Like it's not. I mean, it's 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 like okay. Well, I, to me, the 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 Oilers have exceeded my expectations. I, I I thought that they would be in the mix. I I did not predict them to be a playoff team this year. I, I there's still some warts, but this the league is the league is so close nowadays, so close, and you just got to keep giving yourself a chance. They're not shooting themselves in the foot. They're gonna talk about look at the games you know they they gave points away here they gave points away there there's a you can go through every team in the National Hockey League and they've given away points they've blown leads they've uh, games against tired teams that they didn't get the two points they expected I mean tonight the Tampa Bay Lightning they gave away you can say they gave away a point they had a lead in the third period they took a silly penalty they, their penalty killing doesn't do it for them they got a chance in overtime to win the game they hit a, po- a post so you can go through all the teams I think the, the Oilers right now are, are, as I said earlier, they are a team that is not good enough to dominate, but they are good enough that they can come out and win any hockey game. There's not a team, and we've been in the past, where if the Oilers were going into St. Louis, you and I before the game went, oh, this one's going to be a long night for us because it's not going to go well for the Oilers. I don't feel that anymore. I feel the Oilers, starting each game, have a legitimate chance to win each hockey game. Their points percentage is 561, which puts them 14th in the league. Kellen, what do you have cooked up for finish the play for Alex? And now Mark Letestu, who had an assist on the game-tying goal by Drysaddle in the third period. He'll pick it up at center. He's a right-handed shot in over the line. Letestu shootout attempt. Does he score on the backhand or the forehand? I missed that again. Sorry. Letestu's shootout attempt. He scored backhand or forehand? Oh, shoot. Oh, no, I just watched the game. Uh, He's right-handed. He shot into the right corner. Then it's a backhand. What? Don't say backhand. Just don't don't say. I can't tell you what it is, but don't say backhand. Left hand. Uh, uh, forehand. <laughs> All right, let's find And now Mark Letestu. Who had an assist on the game-tying goal by Drysaddle in the third period. He'll pick it up at center. He's a right-handed shot. In over the line. Wrist shot score. He beat him low glove. Letestu, good job, Alex. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Letestu, three for four in the shootouts, as we referenced earlier. He, it, it's pretty much the same move, Rob. He just changes the angle at the last minute before he shoots. Well, he's got a good shot. I mean, every time you come down on a goaltender, there's somewhere you can put the puck. The, 
you just got to find that spot and then you got to hit that spot. You got to execute. It's like Milan Lucic, the, the five hole is open. You just, it's a very small window. You've got to be able to hit it. You look silly if you don't. And Latestu came down. It's funny because Duran came down the other way and he did the left handed Latestu goal. It was the exact same shot and everything just from a left handed player. Uh, Latestu's got it going on. And why change it? It was years ago as Sam Gagne had all that success right away with his one move. And then he felt he should change it for no reason. Wait till they start stopping you before you change your move because Latesta right now has got it going. We're going to have more post-game reaction, more of your calls, 780-496-0063. We'll go into the Lightning dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. The Oilers win it over the Lightning, 3-2 in a shootout. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Eberle finding Drysaddle, but he whipped it off the left side of the net, and it got stuck there. So, oh, here's Drysaddle with a center punch. Great shot, score! That'll count. And it's Milan Lucic off the bench, onto the ice, and he buries it off the rush from the right circle. And that one came out. But will count. Leon Dreisaitl still hot. Gets a goal and an assist tonight. Milan Lucic snipes that power play marker. It was the first goal of the game. The Lightning came back with a couple. The Oilers tied it on the power play. They were two for six with the man advantage. Uh, another tense three-on-three overtime. And the Oilers actually got a power play. You know what I liked about the penalty Everly drew in overtime? It, it seems to me, Rob, so often three-on-three, three, they slow down a little bit because they don't want to lose the puck and they're setting up. Everly just started booting it up the boards. And as a result, they got hauled down and the Oilers got a brief power play there. Well, you talked about understanding the the game situation and gamemanship. I think Everly at that point knew how much time was left in the hockey game. You know, one thing that you're scared about in overtime is if you're going too fast and you lose the puck, you're not able to recover. It's an odd man break the other way. So it, puck protection is, is huge in overtime. Eberle realized there was very little time left in the game. He had a a, a step on the guy that was checking him because it's one-on-one, more or less in overtime. When they go three-on-three, three, you, you're one-on-one against someone, and, and he had his guy beat. And it was actually a smart play. I believe it was Point that took the penalty. He just grabs like I'm not giving you a two-on-one. <laughs> I'm going to grab you, and then I'm going to hope my centerman wins a face-off because we're very close to the end of the hockey game. So uh, that was one of the the, the good things in, in a very quiet night, a relatively quiet night for Jordan Everly. Tony texts again. He says, uh, "What about trying Nugent Hopkins on the left wing with McDavid or Drysaitel just to build his confidence?" Um. Well, I mean, tonight he played with Drysaitel. He he was actually center, and Drysaddle was playing wing. So he has put him at times with Drysaddle to get his confidence. Um, I don't think you're going to see him on the left wing with with McDavid. That looks like it's going to be Lucic's spot. Um, but I, I could see him at times being put with Drysaddle, hoping that some of the the good karma that is coming off of Leon Drysaddle can rub off on. Nugent Hopkins. There's been a couple times where he scored a goal. And all right, maybe this is the one that jump starts him, and it just hasn't. He hasn't had that stretch of games that we've seen him have in the past. 
Let's go down to the Tampa dressing room, and here is Jonathan Druen. Feel good about the road trip, uh, about the results you're able to get, and that you guys are, you know, starting to play a little bit of you know, your typical game now. Yeah, it's better. It's not where we want it to be still, but um, I think tonight's a great step in the right direction. Um, third period, I thought we played them really tight, didn't have much going, and you know, one power play goal off a nice tip. So um, yeah, it's a game for us. Obviously, they're stepping in the right direction. You guys are playing better. It seems like playing with a lot of effort. It's kind of still frustrating. There's the points. You know, three weeks go by, you only have like you know five points in that stretch. Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, you know, it's just tough league. You need your points, and you need to you need to get the standings. You need points. So um, again, you know, we try to get those two points again tonight. I thought we did a great job, and if we keep playing like that, points are going to come. Obviously, you're missing a lot of guys up front, and on the PK as well. But it seems like that's kind of been Achilles' heel for you guys in this the last stretch. So. Yeah, I thought our PK guys are doing good. Um, like I said, it's a nice step, nice play. It's hard to start to cover that one. Um, you know, you got guys for one-timers everywhere, and you got a guy on his back end for a tip, so um, it was a nice play by Joy Saddle, and I don't think Bish saw that one. What do you see on your goal? It seemed like everybody was faked out by your, your shot there. Well, kind of slashed that guy's stick, so everybody's freaking out a bit, so um, again, I just cut and, you know, saw a high glove and, uh, you know, took the shot. You had a little bit of an up and down year as far as production-wise. You had some injuries like that. When did it start kind of funny? Like for you, or did it just kind of more of a progression as the year went up? I'm just playing the same way. Points yeah. go in. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Um, we look at the Calgary one. I thought I was playing really well, and left out there with zero. So um, it's part of the game. And some nights are going to go in. Some nights are not Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson in the Lightning dressing room tonight. Jonathan Druen. You know what was it about a year and a half ago? Didn't look like he was still going to be a Tampa Bay Lightning well, at this sat, point in his career. Yeah, he sat out most of last year. Wanted got into a yeah, got into a. Bit of a staring contest with Steve Eiserman. Drewen blinked. He came back. And I think both sides are going to be happy with that. I think he's in the right spot for him, and he he's doing well there, and he makes Tampa Bay a better hockey club because with him they have some depth, and they can can live for a short time without some of the stars in their lineup. Got a goal in regulation time and had Tampa's only goal in the shootout. He's good. He's He's got talent. There was That was never a problem for him. I think when the Tampa Bay Lightning were fully healthy last year, he had a hard time finding a spot in the top six, and he wasn't happy with his role. And as a young kid, sometimes you got to accept your role and wait for your opportunity. He didn't want to wait and eventually went to the minors. And I give credit to Steve Eisenman. He said, you know what? We're a team. We're going to do this the proper way. We're not going to be uh, bullied by a young man, and we're going to let him go down. And if when he figures it out or someone talks to him to get him to figure it out, <laughs> then he's got a chance to come back here and play, and that's what happened. Oilers win 3-2 in a shootout. They're 16-12-5 on the season. Here's Oilers winger Jordan Eberle. Time off uh, looked like a pretty good start, but could you guys have maybe done a little bit more with the start tonight, do you think? Or? Well, I think we did a good job of, I mean, not getting frustrated. I thought, like you said, we had a good start, and, um, you know, we weren't really rewarded, you know, in, the, in that period with a, you know, zero zero tie. So, um, you know, we, we, we came in, we really tried not to get frustrated. I thought we played well in the second, we got the early goal, and then, I mean, I don't know what you want to, you know, tough call on their goal in the first one, and, and it kind of gets stuttered us back. But power play was huge tonight. I think that's kind of the storyline. Um, Got us two big goals, and, and uh, he found that extra point in the shootout. Down 2-1 in the third period to a team that everybody thought you, you should win, mm -hmm. uh, or you should be. What, what's going through the best of that stage? Um, you know, uh, we obviously felt like we still needed, we had some push left in us. We had a lot of energy a couple of days off, so that was nice. Like we got on the power play and, and obviously, like I said, big goal there for, you know, tightening up. So, um, you know, hey, I, so you're going to win those games. That's how you, that's how you win in this league, and, and we found a way to do it.
Read that, Jordan Eberle. All right, thanks, Brendan. Jordan Eberle and the Oilers pull out the win tonight. So, uh, uh, road trip coming up, Rob. They play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, St. Louis, Arizona. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> San Jose on Friday. They beat the Blues earlier in the season, much earlier, and we already referenced. Uh, I mean, St. Louis gave up six goals tonight, so we know what the focus is going to be for them. Yeah, St. Louis is going to be better when we when we see them on Monday. It, it's going to be a tough road trip. They're two very good teams in San Jose and St. Louis, two playoff teams, teams that are going to be battling for uh, not only the division lead but the, the conference lead by the end of the, the regular season. And then an Arizona team, for some reason, that struggles against everybody in the world except for the Edmonton Oilers. It, the Oilers are rested. They're sitting fairly comfortably right now in, in the, the playoff spot. Yet they've got three tough road games before the Christmas holidays. And then they have a long break. You do not want to sit for five, six days during the holidays stewing about what you left behind just before the Christmas break. So uh, I, I would hope that uh, three points minimum on this road trip, four points I think would be a good road trip for the Edmonton Oilers. And they've got the ability now. They've got good goaltending, a good power play. Their penalty killing is playing well. And they've got depth players stepping up. So it's a good test, but I think the Oilers are ready for it. Oddly enough, they are a better road team this season. 8-5-4 and four on the road. 20 of their 37 points have been earned away from Rogers Place. Rob, have a great weekend. Thanks for staying up late with me, buddy. Well, looking forward to a nice little road trip to head into Christmas. Starts in St. Louis. We'll have that broadcast for you on Monday, 4.30 for the face-off show. Game starts at 6. Tonight at Rogers Place, the Oilers shoot down the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 in a shootout. You can get more coverage on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy, and our engineer here at Rogers Place was Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.